Hello and welcome to Care Insights with the Outstanding Society, a podcast created to share and celebrate best practice, help others to improve and learn more about the amazing career opportunities within social care. In this episode, Zoe Fry looks at the research and innovation involved in the recently published guidance around residents living with diabetes. Zoe's guests are Professor Alan Sinclair of King's College London and Julie Rayner, Care Quality Governance and Compliance Director of Hallmark Care Homes. Well, I would like to welcome you both to, to Care Insights with the Outstanding Society. It's a pleasure to ho- host this episode to chat about the innovation around the pioneering training and guidance launched early this year for residents living with diabetes. Julie, can I first come to you and ask you to introduce yourself and outline your current role, please? Yes, sure. Uh, my name's Julie Rayner, and I'm the, the Care Quality Governance and Compliance Director for Hallmark Care Homes. Um, my role is extremely varied, so I head up the internal compliance team. Um, so within the team, we ensure all of our homes are compliant with a range of regulations, um, which is, you know, which is um, a, a busy job in itself. Um, but then I also work with our homes and our operations teams to identify quality initiatives within the homes as well. Um, you know, to make sure that within Hallmark, we remain innovative and that we push the boundaries in terms of, of the quality of the care and support we offer residents who choose to live in one of our care homes. Um, you know, and this is where the, the management of diabetes and care homes project came in. Um, you know, why I was very honoured to, to be part of that project and to take and to take the learnings from that and the guidance that was published into Hallmark. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Julie. And Professor Sinclair, please could I ask you to to introduce yourself as well, please? Yes, hello. Um, I uh, am a consultant uh, physician uh, in uh, diabetes, uh, but I have been previously a professor of geriatric medicine at the University of Birmingham. I was the first national clinical lead for diabetes and older people, and I've had a long career in managing older people, uh, both with and without uh, diabetes. Um, I've been very much involved over the years in research within care homes in those with diabetes. And so um, I've got that sort of rather significant background um, um, to this project, uh, which I think is the first and most exciting comprehensive project that Hallmark are uh, leading uh, in the area of improving the quality of care uh, in their care homes and hopefully will become a model for um, providing this sort of education for staff and teams within care homes in the future in many other parts of the country. I am delighted to be working with uh, Lynn Reedman, who is head of Duet Diabetes, who will be in a sense uh, coordinating and administering the course. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Professor Sinclair. And am I correct in saying that approximately a quarter of people living in care homes have diabetes? 
Yes, indeed. I mean, our, our studies in Birmingham quite some time ago, uh, nearly two decades ago, where we showed, in fact, that 27% of uh, residents in both um, residential and, uh, and nursing homes, uh, residential non-nursing and nursing homes have diabetes as measured by the oral glucose tolerance test. And um, it was interesting that because we use this method of screening for diabetes, we also showed that a similar percentage had um, impaired glucose tolerance, which means that a large proportion of those are on their way to becoming uh, to having diabetes. And so the residential population of care homes is not a static population. It's a much more dynamic population. And people who come into a care home in normal glucose tolerance may well develop diabetes within a year, two years, three years, depending on their risk factors and all the other issues that may accompany them. Fantastic. Uh, I really appreciate the, the background information and the statistics as well. If you don't mind, if I can stay with you, um, Professor, and, and just go back to, to mid-2020, where the National Advisory Panel for Care mm. Home Diabetes was formed. Mm. Could I ask why this was needed, who sure. was involved, and what the outcomes of the panel were, please? Um, yes, indeed. Um... We had previously, when I was director of the Institute of Diabetes and Older People, it was called IDOP, but we had recently undertaken an audit of diabetes care, a national audit uh, in care homes, uh, along with our partner, the Association of British Clinical Diabetologists, um, shortened to ABCD. These are uh, the organization that consultant diabetes uh, consultants, that consultant diabetes specialists um, are part of. And in that audit, uh, we showed significant gaps in the management of older people with diabetes, gaps in the presence of policies of diabetes care, gaps in education and training for teams within care homes, and and so on. And this um, was um, an important uh, recognition of some of the issues of managing this very uh, much older advanced age population of vulnerable adults. So that was one important background issue. Then COVID-19 happened, as we all know everything about that generally, but what some people don't realize that COVID-19 um, was able to pick out certain groups of individuals within care homes and have a higher impact on them. And one of them was um, residents who had diabetes. And so that was another stimulus. And uh, I um, coordinated uh, uh, some work with other societies on looking how we maintain uh, a reasonable quality of diabetes care within care homes during the COVID-19 pandemic. And then after publication of that uh, paper, um, I considered that 
we need to do more now. This is a, a, a fantastic opportunity to do more since it's become very topical. And so um, with some support and agreement from other uh, diabetes societies and other major stakeholders, um, we, um, I gathered a, a group of really hardworking, conscientious, uh, expert uh, partners uh, to become a member of the uh, NAPCHT uh, panel. One of them is, of course, Julie, who's on this call and representing Hallmark Care Homes. And I was absolutely delighted uh, when she joined because she brought a new sort of perspective uh, and uh, an in, a highly intelligent perspective, which was uh, very educational for all of us. And uh, we, we did a work over nearly two years we produced a strategic document of diabetes care. We produced an executive summary. We produced two appendices um, which relate to uh, protocols of care uh, of residents with diabetes uh, and assessment methods. And those are all now available um, and can be accessed. And I'm sure you can... Um, provide that information to, to any delegate um, attendee who, who would like to have that. We, we, we certainly found a lot of evidence of, um, of the lack of a general philosophical framework of caring for people within care homes, uh, caring for people with diabetes in care homes, the ethics and equity of diabetes care had not really penetrated into the frameworks. Now, of course, I'm I'm very wary not to say this is what I we found in Hallmark Care Homes because it wasn't that type of uh, review. And yeah. I'm sure, having paid a recent visit to one of the Hallmark Care Homes, I can assure you that it's incredibly. Uh, high quality care being delivered there. But there was evidence of, of a lack of available training and education for a lot of care teams. Um, acute illness protocols had not really been developed to a great extent. And that's possibly why COVID-19 had such a great impact. Uh, technology wasn't being used very much at all. Was not, you know, all the benefits of technology were not being used. Um, and type one diabetes was not really being managed uh, in a specific um, systematic way. And I could go on really, and there's not enough time to say, but these, um, the work I think has made a, a significant contribution and is beginning to un unravel, unfold into other projects. So thank you. Fantastic. Thank you, Professor Sinclair. And as, as you said, it's, it, it was such a fantastic opportunity and anything that could be done within social care to, to improve through innovation and, and developing policies to, to help people live in, live in um, within our, our care system um, yes. is a good thing. May, may I just come in and just say that uh, we did have input uh, from the uh, directors of adult social services and um, and I think um, the social element uh, had not been very well described in terms of how we manage diabetes and care homes and I think that we went one or two steps further in clarifying and bringing some insight into that relationship thank you
Fantastic. Thank you. And I think I think the co-production that, that you developed from the group and the panel, um, I think, is is incredibly positive. Good. And Julie, may I come over to you now? It must have been an honour to have been involved in the panel and developing the guidelines. Can you tell me a bit about the steps that your organisation took to identify the knowledge base and what training was needed to ensure the whole team became strong advocates for residents in your care living with diabetes? Absolutely, um, and, and yes, it, it was a, it was a huge honour to be to be part of the panel, um, and I I think that from my perspective, I brought the the operational um, information into the into the project. You know, having being a nurse and having worked in the care sector for a number of years, having worked for the regulator, having worked with Hallmark for for seven years, I think that I brought the the realities. Um, to the forefront and, you know, was able to, to share with the rest of the panel um, how life actually worked in the care sector and in care homes, um, you know, certainly around the, the, the community support that we, that we obtain and that we can get um, within the, the care sector, you know, how easy it was to to get that specialist report from the, the specialist teams, how easy it was to get input from GPs, um, you know, so so hopefully that, that aspect of my experience did manage to, you know, to, to, to feed into to the guidelines in a, in a positive way. Um, as I said before, I mean, within, within Hallmark, we are, we are always looking at ways in which we can um, expand the the knowledge and the awareness of our teams, um, you know, from, from lifestyle provision to dementia care to clinical care, um, you know, so the opportunity to be involved in this um, did, did spark a lot of interest in me. Um, I do have experience of diabetes and um, type one diabetes is, is within my family. So I did have quite a, an awareness of, of diabetes. And also from my, you know, my career, um, understood mm -hmm. that the challenges within the care sector, as I said before, of being able to get that that specialist support and the training and the awareness of the team. Um, so I I understood that that training was was very very important. Um, and whilst our team did have a good level of understanding. You know, we have clinical policies, we have procedures, we have regional care specialists who support our clinical team in our homes with clinical aspects of care. Um, you know, it was something that I wanted to pursue further. So Alan has mentioned Lynn Reedman of Duet Training. Uh, Lynn was a member of the, the panel as well. So I had a discussion with Lynn, um, you know, and talked through um, the the training, the recommendations that we were making and the guidelines around training. Um, and we what we did was we we did a bit of work to establish um, a benchmark of understanding and awareness um, of diabetes in our homes so that we could ensure that the, the training and the support that we were going to be providing actually mm -hmm. met people's needs. Um, you know, and as I say, whilst there, there was a good level of understanding, we can always make that that wider and broader and better. 
um, and working with Lynn, the the training that has been developed is is fantastic, and we've got um, we've we've taken a blended approach so that our our care team and our clinical team all have a foundation level um, of training, and then we're providing enhanced training for our nursing team. Um, and I think the the biggest the biggest aspect that we have concentrated on is around foot health, um, and our teams have all are, are, are all are all being trained in um, being able to undertake uh, foot assessments so that we can identify any any emerging issues um, early on and and the feedback we've got from our team you know is this this is something new for them um, and it is something positive and you know they're taking away a lot of value and are going back into the homes and are actually you know imp implementing that foot screening process uh, with residents which is which is a fantastic uh, move forward. Absolutely. Thank you, Julie. And I, I, th I think that that's a really innovative project to have within your homes. Um, just to ask, while we're talking about training, obviously the benefits of face-to-face -face training and practical sessions, you mentioned foot health, obviously, and, and also blood glucose monitoring, because it's not just training for your trained nurses, it's for your care teams as well. And I presume, you know, your, your chefs, your kitchen staff. Um, can you just talk about the benefits of face-to-face -face and practical sessions? Oh, yes. Um... When we were when we were looking to develop the training, we were still in some form of restrictions. So when we when we did the first um, the first pilot, if you will, when myself and and regional care specialists, when when we sat in on the training to 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 see how it would how it would roll out, how it would flow, how it would work, the initial session we did via um, via Teams. Um, but then after that, we said quite clearly it had to be face to face. It absolutely had to be face to face. Um, and every session since then has been um, conducted face to face in one of our care homes um, so that those practical sessions can be delivered. People are together. They can ask questions. What we found, because we, we did deliver quite a bit of training during the pandemic via Teams and are now for a lot of our training going back to face-to-face, -face, the interaction you get on a face-to-face -face training is far superior to what you can hope to get over a virtual platform. And, mm -hmm. and something like a diabetes training, um, it, it's, it is just so much more valuable and positive to be able to do that face-to-face -face and to be able to have that practical session and you know, I've I've seen one of our face-to-face -face sessions, you know, and just seeing how the team um, do the foot assessment on each other, um, you know, and the value that they are obviously getting that getting from that, and the connections they're making with each other and with the trainers as well. Absolutely, thank you. That that's great insight. Thank you, Julie. And Professor, if I may come back to you now to, to ask you to provide a summary for providers listening to the podcast of why they should follow the recommendations within their organisations within social care. Yes, um, that's a good question. 
not totally prepared for. Sorry. <laughs> no, don't be silly. That's an excellent question. Um, <clears throat> well, I think there's e enough evidence uh, available, both published and non-published, to suggest that across the country, the quality of diabetes care delivered um, is sometimes suboptimal. Uh, with the lack of any uh, specific, uh, well-written diabetes policies um, being available for the for the teams within care homes, um, the lack of training and education is an important element uh, relating to the development of a career and uh, within the workforce. Uh, and I think increasing the availability and the opportunity to participate um, in setting up, establishing such a course, I think is valuable. I, I think it's very good value, I think, for the investment. Uh, I appreciate that the streams of funding coming down from government via the different agencies is um, often minimal. And this is something that you would have to, at the moment, take out of your own pocket, so to speak, in terms of the investment in this, these types of, of courses. Residents with diabetes are highly vulnerable, um, not only uh, to the effects of the treatments they're taking, there's a significant amount of hypoglycemia, low blood sugar states. Within uh, care homes, uh, we did a uh, a freedom of information uh, study uh, a decade and found of course that, that not only were there a lot of incidents um, of hypoglycemia there were events relating to errors of giving insulin and, and so on um, I think it's an arena where these vulnerable older people who are at great risk of metabolic uh, decompensation or diabetes complications of diabetes foot disease, I think that these pose significant challenges to the teams within care homes, uh, a significant uh, healthcare burden. Um, and what we are hoping will come out of these types of initiatives is greater communication between all agencies involved in uh, direct and indirect diabetes care within a care home. It, it clearly has to be a very uh, community-based model. There needs to be greater uh, access to hospital specialist services, to community specialist services, and a great uh, uh, bonding in, a, in many ways of primary care and care homes. And... Uh, in this way, um, I think we could see some improvements in the quality of care and the quality of life of residents within uh, care homes. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you, Professor Sinclair. Okay. And ultimately, that's that's what, what everybody would want to see within social care. And Julie, if I could ask um, you to finish um, for me to say, if there was one bit of advice that you could give to providers, including small independents and large organisations, in where to begin the journey of best practice in, in diabetic care within their services, what would that be? 
I think access the the guidelines um, and have a have have a have a read through have a read through the guidelines. Um, and I think also it's it's about thinking and <clears throat> finding out the, the 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 level of knowledge and awareness of your team, um, because you know diabetes is is something that we've all heard of absolutely, um, but. I think in you know in the care sector, particularly as you say, Zoe, and the and perhaps the smaller um, care providers, it's it's perhaps something that the 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 level of awareness is not as as much as it, it could be, um, you know. And I think you know Alan mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that the prevalence of diabetes in the care sector, you know, so it's something that is impacting on a lot of the people that we support. So I think, you know, it's incumbent on us to, you know, to ensure that we understand the condition um, and that we can support people who are living with diabetes to live the, the fullest life and the healthiest life that they can. Um, you know, so absolutely get the guidelines, read the guidelines, look at what training and support your team may need to be able to to support people who are living with diabetes effectively. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Julie. And I'd like to thank you both for the work that you've done to improve the care for residents um, living within our homes um, with diabetes. And we'll certainly attach the guidelines along with this podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. The Outstanding Society is a community interest company it's free to join and is open to everyone. You don't need to have an outstanding rating to be a member.